well. Um, hey, do, uh, Claire, do we, uh, do we have any of them, the uh, drawings back there? Yeah. Do we have any extras of them, Claire? I was just going to, Claire's going to bring me one. All right, well, so um, we are, we uh, studied last week, we, we dealt with, uh, we dealt a lot of end time stuff uh, last week, we even dealt a little conspiracy theory kind of stuff, and, and really uh, last week was uh, pointing to the fact uh, that, that we need to be looking uh, for Jesus to come back. And um, like our, our mind needs to be set to the thought process um, that Jesus Christ really is coming back. Like how many of you, how many, and look, they're, they're, if you're not careful, you'll let, you'll let the fact that Jesus hadn't come back put you in a complacent way. And I'm hoping that through this series, before we start the book of Acts, uh, that through uh, this end time series, you can you can see a couple of things. Um, you can see a couple of things about Jesus Christ that maybe you've never seen before in terms of the rapture and what that means for us. What where where we are uh, where we are right now, where we're we're gonna be, and so there's a there's some varying. Um, there's some varying discussion different. Uh, thoughts of uh, uh, ways of thinking about the rapture and about uh, what what's gonna what's gonna happen next so I, I want to I want to make sure that, that we understand that no, the first and foremost whatever you believe about the second coming because here, here's another thing um, there and, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to go into this just a little bit and I, I want to make sure I want to make sure that we get it because uh, you you have most of you have most of the correct outline there on on your on your deal and and again this week may be a little bit more teaching um, than it, it, even uh, than last week but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to and I got some real practical points but I'm gonna try not to make it a, as much teaching as 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 I as I can I, I know you didn't come to. I didn't come to a Bible college class, um, but at the same time, I want us to make sure that we know what we're talking about, right? And so I give you most. The reason it took so stinking long this morning, I put this big stupid outline in the in the proclaim, and then I went back to it to uh, do something else, and it just vanished. And so I had to redo all of it. And um, so I want you to think um, in terms when now look. I'm not saying that everything on on this uh, chart necessarily is exactly hundred uh, percent right. I'm not saying that I actually one hundred percent believe it all. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that every little nuance of this chart is is exactly right. Now, what I will say, um, I, I want I want you to look. I want you to look on the chart. There is the first advent, and it has a first stage and a second stage, okay? And then I want you to look at the second advent, and, and what we call this is the second coming, okay? The first advent is the first coming. The second advent is the second coming, okay? Now, why is that so important? Well, just as the first coming had two stages, so does the second coming have these two different stages. Now, this is where most people fall out. This is where most people fall out um, is the fact that they don't believe in the first stage of the second coming. Never, most everybody uh, believes. The whole Bible's filled. How, how many of you know that the theme of the Bible is the day of the Lord, the day the Lord's going to return, right? And he's going to rule and reign and he's going to get the glory that's due his name. And we know that. We know that he is going to do that. Amen? 
We know that's a fact, that Jesus Christ is going to do that. Well, most of the, the problems is when you get into uh, the first stage of the second coming. Not the second stage, because everybody believes, and that's where a lot of people fall out on a general resurrection. They want to fall out on a, make it a generalized resurrection. Now, there's more than one resurrection in the Bible, too. There's more than one resurrection in the Bible. Je I mean, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, he, he is the first fruits of the resurrection. Does that make sense? So there will be another resurrection. What, what, what will it be? Will it be the resurrection of the dead? Right? So one of these days when Jesus comes, he's going to resurrect my body. Okay? There, the, you're going to have a completely different resurrection when those that when those saint when those uh, not saints when those that were lost went to hell, they're going to be resurrected out of hell to be judged to be cast in the lake of fire. Okay, there there's several different kinds of resurrections in this Bible. Okay, so you need to make sure you understand. You need to make sure you understand all that. Now, D Dylan, uh, Dylan and Kyle done an excellent podcast on on the rapture. I mean, excellent podcast on the rapture. And you can go back and you can listen to that. And there's some things in there and some little nuances in there. But, but most people, <clears throat> this is where people get, get sideways on the rapture. And, and, and I'm, I'm not quite sure why they get so sideways on the rapture. Um, most of it is uh, they think it's some kind of secret deal that's pulling the church out. Well, that, that's true. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into why the church is being pulled out. Why the church is being pulled out. Listen, the church was a mystery. Okay? So one of the mysteries of the church is, the uh, one of the mysteries in the Bible is the church. Another mystery in the Bible is the rapture. Okay? Now, you, you say, man, you're throwing a lot at us real quick. Here's what you need to know. Nobody knew that the church was going to be exactly what it was until... The Apostle Paul, until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so, so here, here, here's the thing. It was hid from ages. It was hid all the way, and it's revealed through the mouth of the Apostle Paul. Now, me and you have, at this time, I want you to, uh, first, first Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians <clears throat> uh, chapter number 4. And verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you saw are not even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we, uh, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, the shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. In verse number 18, this is... This is the entirety of why the rapture should be preached. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture was meant to be a comforting passage to those at Thessalonica. They, they, had, they had already been told. They had already been told that, that the rapture was not even a thing. The rapture had already passed. They had missed the rapture. Now, what, what's, what's interesting is uh, just as there's no single verse or single passage that proclaimed that the Messiah would have two main comings. There's, there's no single verse or single passage that declares his second coming uh, will be in two phases. Okay. Uh, now, now what, what, what is interesting is that the, the, the second coming and the rapture do have contrast. And I think it's important that you see them. And I put them in your notes. There's, there's the rapture and then there's the return of Revelation. Uh, and, and you can see it. Jesus comes for his saints. And Jesus comes with his saints. 
in, in, in return. Jesus, uh, saints go to heaven with Jesus, and saints return to the earth with Jesus. Um, the rapture is imminent, meaning it's at any moment, meaning it, it, it other than the times and the seasons. Okay, we can know, we can look in, and we can see the times, the times uh, and the seasons that we live in, and we can. Other than that, the rapture is imminent. Um, well, the the revelation or the return follows definite, predicted signs. And the rapture comes in the air. It, it, at the return, he comes to the earth. At the rapture, only uh, only his will see him. At, at the return, every eye will see him. The rapture is followed by tribulation. The the returns followed by the millennial reign. The rapture, Satan becomes the dominant force. Uh, at the return, Satan's locked in a pit for a thousand years. Uh, rapture, Christ judges the church in heaven. At the return, Christ judges the world on earth. Uh, at the rapture, none of Jesus' enemies are killed. And then at the return, one-third of the population are killed. Okay, Now, you say, where all this rapture talk? Where are you getting that from? Well, it, it, rapture's actually not in the Bible. Neither is Trinity. Trinity's not in the Bible either, but we believe in the Trinity. Okay, Where do we get the word rapture from? Well, we get it from here in the text in verse number 17. It's a word, it's a transliteration from the Latin word caught up. Now, if you... If you uh, if you want to take out rapture, your vocabulary, it's a real easy way to, real easy thing to do. All you got to do is replace it with the catching away. It's the same thing as being caught up, the catching away. It's not hard. We, we don't need to fight over it, right? It's not something that we, that we, that we have to fight over. The, the catching, let's call it what it is. It's the catching away. The text tells us that Jesus is going to appear in the clouds. And that the bodies of the dead Christians will be resurrected. And that living Christians will be caught up to the clouds and, and forever they'll be with the Lord. And, and what's interesting is verse 13, he uses, you know, that you sorrow even as others which have no hope. Uh, excuse me, that you sorrow not. Even as others which have no hope. That's a big deal. you got to get that. Even as others which have no hope. Make sure you don't sorrow as those that have no hope. Why? Because the rapture is the, is the dominant theme of hope here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, Titus chapter number 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Why? Why should we do that? Well, we should be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. Acts 24 and verse 15, And we have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead both, of the just and the unjust. Now make sure you understand, those happen at two different times. Both of the, uh, of the just and the, und uh, and the unjust, okay? Uh, so, so I want to, man, we, we, we got a lot of ground to cover. So, so let's, let's this morning, no, number one, number one, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, take hope from, from who's coming. Well, who is coming? Everybody say it loud and proud. Who's coming? Jesus. All right. So the Bible says that the Lord Himself, that the Lord Himself shall depend, uh, shall descend from heaven. Now, now, make sure when you when you check this out, the church will be called up before the tribulation. But there's also a rapture after the tribulation. Now, who is the who is the people that are gathering after the tribulation? Well, it's interesting the, in 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 uh, in First Thessalonians, it's the Lord descending from heaven. But then in Matthew chapter number twenty four, and He shall send His angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds, from one end of uh, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, now it's just interesting that the angels are gathering here. 
Now, you say, well, the, the reason that the angels are gathering, uh, the, the angels are going to gather in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, it just doesn't say that. It has to be implied. Well, well okay. Well, may, maybe that's true. After the thousand-year millennial reign, though, it is again the angels that do the gathering. In Matthew chapter 13, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world that the son, the end of the world, that the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and them which do iniquity. This is the angels again. This is not the, the rapture. Uh, this, this rapture is not, is not of the saved. It's You ready for what this is? This is the tares. This is the tares, not the wheat. But again, it's the angels doing the gathering. Why is that so important? Well, because we need to understand where we're talking about and, and, and part of rightly dividing is understanding where we're at in Scripture. Okay? Um, look, look what he says. That, that, that the Lord is going to, verse 16, descend from heaven. Keep in mind that Jesus is leaving his home and he is coming back for you and me. He is coming back to get us. What does that mean? He has not forgotten us. Jesus is going to do it with a shout. And it's Jesus, uh, it's Jesus himself that is doing the shouting. And, 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 and make sure we understand when he comes, he is going to come with with his shout, and with the trump of God, with the trump of God. First uh, Corinthians 15 and verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ, uh, excuse me, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, notice, that this is not the the trumpet of an angel. This is the trumpet of God. Okay? Now, now what, what does all that mean? It means that in the rapture, Jesus Christ is coming for you. That's a big deal. It means that Je it should breed a, a, a very real sense of hope in you. That Jesus is coming for us. That he himself is not sending somebody else to do it. When he could, he would be within his rightful place to send somebody. Now, I want you to think about this with me. He would be within his rightful purpose to do so. He would be within all, all everything. He would still be just if he sent somebody, but Jesus isn't doing that. Okay? Now, number, number two, take hope from where you're going. Take hope from where you're going. Where, where are you going? Heaven. Yeah, so, so there's two groups here. Uh, there's the dead in Christ that shall rise first. And, and remember what I said, they, they, the Thessalonians were worried uh, that the deceased believers may miss out on meeting Jesus and going to heaven. They were wrong. Uh, actually, the dead in Christ are raised first. So, so the dead in Christ are going to, to bypass those which are alive and remain. Man, that's pretty cool. What, what do you mean? It's just pretty cool to see that God cares so much about those that died in Christ. They're just going to, they're, they're going to they're gonna go. They're going to go first. And then we which are alive and remains. Uh, shall be caught up. We'll be right behind him. We, we're, we'll, be, we'll be right behind him. And, and, and here's, here's what's great. He's, he's not coming to the earth right now. He's coming to the air. He, he's coming to the air. So, so we see a reunion with the believers caught up together. The rapture will be a reunion with other believers. And what, but, but here's, here's something uh, pretty interesting. When you're, when you're thinking about it in the text, is speaking to, to the Thessalonians, man, can, can, you, can you imagine the hope and the comfort that they had that, that, that they're going to be with the Lord forever? But, but not only would they be the, with the Lord forever, but, but man, they're going to be with their loved ones that died in Christ with them. Like They're going to be with those that went on before them who died in Christ. And, and if they're saved, praise the Lord, there will be a reunion. Amen? 
So you don't have to sorrow as others which have no hope. And, and then there's a reunion with Jesus. There is a reunion with Jesus. He says, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And as much as, as you are, are, are longing to see Him, get this, He's longing to see you. So shall you ever be with the Lord. Now, now what, what we've got to make sure that, that we understand is that we understand that, that Jesus Christ is coming for us and that the rapture at the time of His coming, at the, the first phase of the second coming, Okay, the first phase, the beginning of the second coming. You've got to realize that this, this marks something. This marks what we know to be the beginning of eternity. This is where the beginning of eternity starts with us. But it has another, it, ha, it, it, it gives way to another beginning as well. It gives way to the beginning of sorrows. It gives way to the beginning of sorrows. See, see, see here, here it is. No, no matter what happens here on earth right now, what, what the rapture means is that you and me are going to be taken to Jesus Christ. It means that you and I are going to be taken to Jesus and that because of that, Jesus Christ himself is going to usher us into heaven. First class, man. Now, you need to take hope from what's avoided. So you can take hope from who's coming, it's Jesus. You, you can take hope in, in where we're going, where we're going. You can take hope from what's avoided. You can take hope from, from, from what is avoided. So, so what, what, is, what, it, what is avoided? Tribulation. You see, there's a lot of false teachers uh, teaching in our day, that, and, and they'll teach that the rapture, uh, that, that, that rap, the rapture will be after the tribulation. And then there's some, you know, there'll be some that are that are mid-tribulation, meaning that they believe that you're going to go midways through the tribulation. And look, here's here's the deal. I believe that there's biblical evidence that you and me are going to go before the tribulation, before the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, while I'm saying that, let let me give you. Uh, let me give you a, a, a thought to ponder uh, before we before we get too deep into that. When you look on you look on your your uh, your little handy dandy uh, picture here, you're going to see the first stage at the very top. In between the first stage and the second stage, you're going to see the judgment seat of Christ at the top. Now. We're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know if it's going to last a full seven years. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know how, I don't know how that's all going to work. Uh, but here's what I do know. Um, we're going to be taken up. We say it all the time. Now, I want you to ponder this. With me, you? This is something to consider. Uh, when we come back with Jesus Christ at the second stage, the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. The saints are coming with him. Right? Now, there's going to be a war waged on this earth. Jesus Christ, we know, is going to be the victor. Right? But we're coming back to, 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 to war with our commander in, in, in charge. Right? That's what we're all doing. We're, we're coming back. Now, now here's, here's something I want you to ponder that, that is worthy of consideration. Why in the world would the judgment seat be between the first and the second stage? I believe that the judgment seat is between the first and the second stage to decide who is going to come back 
in what order they're going to come back in the armies of the living God. I believe that you're ranked. I believe that you're fine. Well, everybody's going to be the same. No, no, no. It's never worked like that before. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's never been everybody gets a trophy. It's never been that. And it never will be. And so I, I, I firmly believe that this, that this time of, of the judgment seat of the Christian will directly impact how you come back with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, it dictates how you're going to rule and reign. Who are you going to rule and reign with? Jesus Christ. It directly will impact how you rule and reign with Jesus Christ on this earth. Now, what does that even mean? Well, here's what it means. That the judgment, that what I'm doing right now is the dressing room for what the judgment seat's going to reveal to be true. It means that if my life now is a life of wood, hay, and stubble, then my life then will be revealed at the judgment seat. And when we come back with him to this earth, yeah, I'll be with him. But it not, might not be the position that I'm the most proud to be with. It could just be that the very smallest, the, the very most minute kid, the, the, the smallest kids in this room that trusted Jesus be ahead of some of their own parents. Be, be riding in closer, you say, what does it matter? All I'm doing is coming, well, if that's your thought process, then you might as well check out now. I don't know why you're hanging around for the Lord anyway, if that's your thought process. It's pretty interesting to consider that Jesus Christ would set a judgment seat up before we come back to rule and reign in a thousand-year millennial reign. Now, maybe I'm off there. But it is worthy of consideration, at least, knowing who the Lord is and knowing how He judges His stewards. Look what Mark chapter 13 in your outline. For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of creation, Created unto this time, neither shall be. So, so what makes the beginning of sorrows so bad? Well, there's a lot of things. When you look in, in, in and I got, I got these in, in, your, in your outline. The beginning of sorrows, when you look at the, um, the Olivet Discourse of Jesus Christ, and he describes the beginning of the tribulation, the beginning of sorrows, and, and some w w may even be before the tribulation begins. They can't overlap. And may I say that? There are, there are definite things in, in, that can overlap. A lot of times in dispensationalism, people will want to cut off a certain deal here and start a certain deal there, and it just don't always work like that. Sometimes there's overlap between the two. Okay, um, but, but I want you to make sure, look, verse number 6, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So there'll be false Christ. There'll be wars, and there'll be rumors of wars. And when you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must, need, uh, must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Earthquakes in diverse places, verse number 8. Famines in verse number 8. Troubles in verse number 8. These are the beginning of sorrows. Matthew chapter 24 says it like, he adds in pestilence. Matthew, uh, Luke chapter 21 adds in signs in heavens. Excuse me, in the heavens. He goes on to describe in, in, the, in the same uh, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 13 that there'll be severe persecution. 
that you'll be delivered up to councils during the tribulation. That you'll be beaten during the tribulation. But take heed yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to the councils and in the synagogues you shall be beaten and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony against them. Verse number 12. Now therefore shall betray, uh, there, now uh, the brother shall betray the brother to death and the father, the son, and the child shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. They'll be betrayal family and people will be put to death. Verse 13 says we'll be hated of all men. Those in the tribulation will be hated of all men. But guess what? The rapture lets us understand that there'll be hope before that. There'll be hope before that. That the tribulation is, is, is avoided. Um, now, I want you to look, look at this. Uh, not, not only the beginning of sorrows, but the trouble of Israel is going to be avoided. The trouble of Israel. Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah 30, and, and verse number 5, For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore doth see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Now, we dealt with this uh, a little bit last week. Jacob is Israel, right? Jacob is Israel, but Jacob is only Israel because God changed Jacob. God got to the point to where Jacob owned up to who he was. And he said, he said, tell me, what is thy name? And so what happened? Jacob finally says his name. He says, Jacob. And he says, thou shalt be called no more Jacob. Why? Jacob's name meant trickster. It meant surplanter. It meant a surmiser. Jacob had all these things that he had been tricking people, surmising. He'd been surplanting. He, he stole his brother's birthright. Jacob... Jacob was a bad man, right? Jacob did some really stupid stuff, okay? Now, what's interesting is that God reverts back to calling Israel Jacob, but, but, but interesting enough, he will be saved out of his trouble. Now, now, this is the time of Jacob's trouble. This is the time when Israel would be, remember, he came to his own and his own received him not. Okay. Now, here, here's the deal. We as Gentiles were grafted in. We did not replace Israel. We were grafted in. We were a part that has been, a branch that has been grafted in. Okay. We did not replace Israel. Why? Because uh, Israel is going to go through a period of Jacob's trouble. And Jacob's trouble is not the church's trouble. Amen? Okay? That's not the time. It, it, why does the church, and everybody wants to say, why does the church avoid Jacob's trouble? I'm not saying the church is not going to, uh, uh, that the church is going to avoid tribulation. That would be lunacy because most of the American church, uh, most of the church in other parts of the world are, are under extreme persecution. I mean, they're being beheaded in other parts of the world. America is the only, America has the freedom to do what they do, and they don't give a rip about it. That's why there's people at home watching online. You know why? It's pure laziness. America's gotten lazy. That's all they are. They're lazy. And so they say, and, and look, here's the deal. If somebody cut my head off, this place would be full next week. 
That's all it takes. All it takes is a, is a stitch of persecution. Somebody comes in and says, hey, man, we, you, you keep preaching that Bible, we're going to lock you up. We're going to give you 90 days. You've got to stop preaching that. But you know what? This church in 90 days would be busting at the seams. Why? Because it's got to do with persecution. The church has always flourished during persecution. Always. Every time the church has been persecuted, it's always flourished. But, but Jacob's trouble is not the church's trouble. Why? Because God is trying to bring Jacob out of its sleep. It's trying to open the eyes of Israel. And God will pour out judgment on Israel during the tribulation to get them to open their eyes, to get them to see who the Messiah really was. Not only that, but the war of Satan. You're going to miss the war of Satan. Never forget, there's, 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 there's always been this conflict. I will, I will arise, I will ascend, I will make my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. There's always been this thing going on with Lucifer trying uh, to, to make a, 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 a war with God. And, and we know that that fails. Uh, but one day he, he will bring he will bring wrath to this earth. Revelation 12 and verse number 12. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because, because why? He knoweth that, it, that he hath but a what? Short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. There's going to there's be a war here on this earth that that's happening with. Okay? Uh, and, and now, look, that sounds like something out of a Marvel movie. I, I mean, can you imagine everybody, like, Lucifer at the helm of this war? I, I can't help but picture, I can't help but picture, like, old medieval days where we're all suiting up on horses. I mean, where they're all suiting up on horses with swords and like, I know that ain't what it's going to be, but, you know, it's kind of cool to think about. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to storm the gates. You know what I mean? Uh, but but this, is, this is what's going to happen. Uh, the, not only that, but the wrath of God. Now, you, you pay close attention here. Uh, the, the, the war with uh, the war of Satan and, and then the wrath of God. The wrath of God. Not, not only will God bring trouble to Israel, but you need to know that His wrath is going to fall upon this world. Why? It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall on all ungodliness. It's going to fall on all ungodliness. The book of Revelation, it gives and, and presents at least four accounts of the tribulation, and, and, and they're almost... They're almost, they're simultaneously, uh, but they're told, they're told in a linear aspect. It's, all, it's four uh, different accounts of the tribulation. They're all the same account, uh, but, but it's four different viewpoints, I, I guess you would say. Um, but one of them is the seven vials. The seven vials that's poured out on, on, on the earth. Revelation 15 in verse number 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the, last, uh, having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Verse 7, And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. Now, now make sure uh, you understand that it, w there's... These vials are going to be poured out. These angels are going to pour these vials out. Now, this, this is for the people that would not come to Jesus Christ. Now, they, they, they refused to trust Jesus for their own salvation that were here before the rapture. And, and, and obviously, this is a part of Israel's... Uh, the Jacob's trouble, but I, I want you to look at it. Uh, Revelation 16 and verse 2. And 
uh, and then went, uh, and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men, ready, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshiped the image. Now this is the angel of God. This is the angel of God pouring out the wrath of God. Grievous sores on them which took the mark of the beast. Now they won't have... Now what's... Let me, let me help you right here. You, 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 you may say, hey, look, if I don't go in the rapture, I'm going to endure to the end. That's just, it's not how it works. Bible's plain that you, you, you're going to be sent a strong delusion so that you would believe a lie. You're going to believe the lie of the Antichrist. You're going to believe the lie and you are going to take the mark. Why? Because it's just what you're going to do. The delusion will be so strong that you won't be able to believe anything else. So you're going to take the mark. And you're going to worship the image. Grievous, grievous sores will fall upon these men. The, the, the sea, verse number 3, says that the sea becomes as blood. And every living soul died in the sea. Rivers, they became blood. The sun, in verses 8 and 9, they scorched men with an unbelievable heat. The seat of the beast... In verses 10 and 11. And then Euphrates, the river dried up, making way, uh, makes way for kings from the east. And then the seventh vial is poured out in the air. And voices and thunderings and lightnings and great earthquakes and great hell from heaven. This is the seventh vial. Revelation chapter 16 and, and verse number 17 says, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty, a, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Not only uh, do, are you, you going to have to, would you, would you be missing out on, on those seven vials? But you'd be missing out on a worldwide violence, according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 4. Worldwide agriculture and uh, agricultural crisis. A worldwide famine. Worldwide uh, animal killing. Worldwide disasters and hailstorms and fires and rivers of blood worldwide religious persecution and martyrdom worldwide a third a third of the sun a third of the moon a third of the stars darken a third of the day and a third of the night they have no light scorpion like locusts tormenting the unsaved five months 200 uh, 200 million horsemen and lion like horsemen kill one third of the men according to Revelation. That's crazy. Isn't it? What, what, what we need to do though is we, in here, it should drive us to do two things. One, it should drive us to take hope that Jesus Christ is coming before this tribulation. How do you know that? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5 says it like this, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to attain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 10, and, and, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, tribulation saints have several things to watch for. They have wars, they have earthquakes, they have signs in heaven, the abomination and desolation. But the only thing that the church has been commanded to watch for, has been told to be watching for, is Jesus Christ. 
And, and here's the thing, if you've been born again, you've been rescued from the tribulation. If you've been born again, that you can take hope that things are going, you know things are going to get bad, but the, the rapture means that you won't be here for the worst. And look, some say, oh, that's a conceited viewpoint. Well, here's the thing, it's a scriptural basis. It, I believe it's a, it's a very scriptural basis that, that you and I have to understand that the time of Jacob's trouble is not meant for the church. If it is, if it is, then we are replacement theologists. We believe we replaced Israel, if that's the truth. Now, here, here's, here's, here's another thing you're going to want to know. Uh, the Calvinistic way of thinking has bred within to a, a lot of modern-day <clears throat> modern Christians that, that, that do follow Calvinism into replacement theology. And they believe that there is a general resurrection. They think dispensation is crazy, although there is at least two dispensations. There's at least two. One's old, one's new. You can't get away from that. And guess what? The old actually doesn't end until after the death of Jesus Christ to begin with. So all that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John stuff that they're talking all the time about being part of the New Testament is actually, until the death of the testator, is still a part, technically, of the Old Testament. All right? So, now, now, let, me, let me give you this last one. Uh, you can take hope from what's conquered. What, what, what has been conquered? Death's been conquered. Death has, has been conquered. Now, now, Brother Dan, you can play a piano if you want to. This is something to think about. Man's greatest desire is to figure out how to defeat death. From, from trying to be as uh, finding medicines and things that will make us as young as we can possibly be, uh, to trying to figure out how to escape death in every way possible. Man, man's biggest desire is to try to figure out how to not die. Now, let's just figure out how to keep living as long as we can possibly live. Well, let me, let, me, um, let me give you a couple of things you need to understand. Number one, death's been conquered. You don't have to figure out how to live forever because you don't, you don't need to know that. Why? Because death has been conquered. How do you know? Look, the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. So those saved believers, God is going to bring forth. God's going to bring their souls with Him and their resurrected body. And their resurrected body. Jesus is even going to take time to resurrect their body. This is not a temporary resurrection, but a permanent one. The rapture is the place to where the body transforms into an immortal body. So every born-again believer from the time of Paul, they, have, they, they, they go and, and are presenting themselves with bodies that have been raised. Not only the... the the resurrection of the dead, but the, the translation of the living, we, we, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. We, we, Jesus, Jesus will take us, will rapture us, will catch us away in the body of our, of our living. And, and may I say, I, I, I fully believe that every person in this room could see that you could see that you, you could see that thing happen you could see the catching away now, now no, those that are going on they're going to be resurrected they're going to be raised from the dead right they're going to come out first but we could see it man we could be the generation that gets to see the rapture Man, can you imagine waking up as a lost person 
millions are gone. Maybe, maybe a husband goes, goes into his bedroom and, and looks for his kids into his kids' bedroom, looks for his kids and and they're they're gone. His wife's gone. Child, parents have been calling and been begging for them to get saved, and and and, and there's there there's no response to being saved and, and, and after the rapture that child goes and looks for the parents that's been asking them to be saved and they cannot find them those left on this earth go to go to their jobs on Monday and few people from their jobs is gone translation of the living those which are alive and remain shall be caught up what about the the transformation of our bodies we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed whether they're 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 dead in Christ or the ones that are alive and remain they're they're going to get a new body they're going to go from mortal to immortal corruption to incorruption dishonor to glory weakness to power natural to spiritual right there in the moment in the twinkling of an eye What you need to know as a saved man or a saved woman is that you have defeated death. Now, now, not everybody, not everybody is going to have this hope. Not everybody has this hope. Why? How do you know that? Well, he says, even as others which have no hope. Not everyone has the hope of Jesus Christ. You see, and if, if you don't have the hope of Jesus Christ, be with Jesus you won't inherit an eternal glory of heaven but the eternal torments of hell you won't be able to avoid the tribulation but you'll experience the wrath of God you won't be able to conquer death but you'll be eternally defeated by the second death which is the lake of fire there's so many things Man, for years I would say, when Jesus comes back, I'll get. When 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 it gets closer to Jesus coming back, I man, maybe I'll do better. Maybe I'll do right. You know what I found out? That was never true. The real truth is this: if you want to go to hell, God will let you. If you want to go to hell, God will let you. How do you know that? Let me give you one more verse. I already alluded to it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in in unrighteousness so every person that sat on a church pew and, and heard the truth every person that sat on a church pew and they heard the truth preached they heard the truth of the gospel preached but they had pleasure in their own unrighteous ways they had pleasure in their righteousness sufficing to please the Lord. And all they had, they had pleasure in their own unrighteousness. They were not righteous. But they thought they were going to please God with their unrighteousness. Oh, well, I'm living a righteous life. No, no, you can't. All of your righteousness is what? Filthy rags. 
That's all you got. That's all I got. I don't have anything else. And so when, when I take pleasure in my filthy rags, you know what? I believe not the truth. But I believe the lie. I believe the lie that my pleasure, that, that my filthy rags were going to please the Lord. And the facts are that when you do that, God will send you a strong delusion. That, that God will cause you to believe the lie. Why? Because you didn't have to. You had the truth. It was at your fingertips and you wouldn't believe it. And, and look, there's millions that won't believe it. Man, they're working hard. They're trying, to, they're trying to work for their own salvation. They're trying to make their own righteousness as something that's pleasing to the Lord. And I want you to understand something. The truth of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will save them. And, and friend, the only thing exclusive about this is the fact that Jesus Christ said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. The only way to see the Father is Jesus Christ. I believe, I personally believe that the Lord's coming back in the next 20, 25 years. That's my own, that's my own process of elimination. And you don't have to believe that. I'm not telling you to believe. I'm telling you to believe this. You ought to live like he's coming back tomorrow. I mean, you're wasting, you're, we're wasting our life doing trivial things. Listen, everybody needs a place to live. I need a place to live. You can ask Jordan the other day. I said, man, I feel like I've wasted. And, and I know, I know it ain't. I feel like I've wasted the last year of my life working on this house. And i got to have somewhere to live. But she's like, it ain't, it ain't. But you got to understand, when you, when you get it deep in your heart that you feel like the Lord's coming back like yesterday, it does something a little bit different to you. To where you're like, oh, goodness, we got we to gotta get on the ball, man. But what about the rapture? What's it supposed to do to me? It's supposed to create some hope in me that Jesus Christ is coming back for me. Like, I, I don't get to go through all that stuff. Listen, that's some crazy stuff that, that, that Israel is going to have to experience to see them turn back to the Lord. Maybe, maybe... Uh, If it don't breed some hope in you, I don't know. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you need to get that. You need to get that right. Maybe you're scared to death of the judgment seat because it's right after the rapture. Man, this would be a good day to get that right too. Maybe you got perfect peace and hope. Praise the Lord, for real. Praise the Lord. Man, you still. I, I remember them old preachers saying they scare you to death of the rapture. Just scare you, slap to death. I mean, that was their their intentions. What and look for years, the rapture was used as some kind of crazy scare tactic. Here's the deal: the rapture is meant to be a point of hope. The catching away of the saints in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the Lord descending from heaven with a shout, the man, the trump of God. Listen, that was supposed to be hopeful. Yeah, he's coming back. I can't wait for him to come back. Yeah, he's coming back. When he comes back, he's going to get me. I don't know where you are, but here's, here's what I do know. Whatever it is, the Lord wants you to get peace. And the Lord wants you to do whatever business you need to do to make that right and to get peace in your Amen. Let's do this. Take a second. Let's bow your head, Brother Daniels. He's going to sing a verse, but before he does, now maybe, maybe, um, maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have peace in your heart. 
maybe you don't have any any peace in your heart about about the catching away about this first stage before the seven years of tribulation that will commence in to one of the greatest periods of of war this earth's ever seen he said man I don't have any peace I want you to pray for me would you slide your hand up I just want to pray for you I don't have no peace You say, I don't have no peace about the rapture in general because I don't want to go to the judgment seat. You say, just, just pray for me. I'll, I'll do that. Just slide your hand up. Say, just pray for me. I'm not, I'm not ready for that judgment seat, Bill. All right? How many of you say, if I die right now, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to heaven anyway. Would you just, I'm just going, I promise you, I'm just going to pray for you. Would you slide your hand up? It's long enough for me to see it. All right? Father, I love you. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for being good to us. Thank you for giving us a more sure word of prophecy. God, that we can indeed find light in a very dark world. Lord, in a world that seems hopeless, there's great hope. There's great comfort that can be taken from the fact that you're coming. That you're coming for us. Lord, that our lives should resemble, should resemble exactly who, who we're going to be at the judgment seat. Lord, help us not to be hypocritical in our, in our walk. Lord, for, for every person in this room that's struggling with peace, God, Lord, I ask you, God, as they come to you in, in their own way and in their own in their own heart and repent. God help us to earnestly repent and trust you. Like turn, turn from our unbelief and turn to you, Lord. God, we love you. Lord, I pray that you bless this time and uh, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Brother Daniel's going to sing a song. I want you to do this. Why don't you stand with me? Brother Daniel's going to sing a verse. Man, maybe you want to come to the altar. You want you want to you pray. You want to do whatever you want to do with the Lord. I'm going to give you that time to do that uh, this morning. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? Who told the ocean you can only come this far? And who showed the moon where to hide till evening? Whose words alone can catch a falling star? Well, I know my Redeemer. Testify 
this life within me cries I know my Redeemer lives Lord we so many things so many heartaches and so many struggles Lord we live in such a fast paced world it seems like Lord constantly having to having to bear various burdens over all time seems like some way, shape, form or fashion there's something wrong God I'm grateful for the hope I'm grateful for the hope of your coming you've been way too good to us Lord we get the freedom to do this Lord we we take it for granted so many times Lord I pray that you breed an urgency inside of this group right here Lord we got we got trunk or treat coming up God I pray that you give us a glimpse of hell Jesus' name.